Be sure to tune in to Tamina Talks Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much more. On her radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out Tamina Talks Immigration Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on DC 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning. This is Tamina Watson on DC 1250 a.m. Tamina Talks Immigration Facebook Live only today. We have a very special show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have questions or comments, you can email us, but we probably won't be able to take them. Uh, but so make sure that you comment later and we can answer those questions. If you are new to Tamina Talks Immigration, this is a show that airs on a Seattle channel called Desi 1250 AM. Uh, it's an AM channel on the radio. You can tune in live at www.desi1250am.com. You can also go to the app, Desi 1250 AM, and download the app. Uh, this show is aired every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it is repeated Fridays at 8 p.m. Uh, today is a special show, Facebook Live, and we have a wonderful guest, Todd Schulte from Forward.us. I cannot wait to introduce you to him properly and speak more about uh, the things that we are going to speak about. So just a few little reminders. We do have a Facebook page. If you joined us, that's fantastic. Thank you. If you have friends and family that do not know about the Facebook page, it's Tamina Talks Immigration Radio Show on Facebook. Um, a couple of updates just to remind you that the DACA renewal deadline is March, um, is uh, October 5th. Uh, 2017. So you have just a few days to make sure that your darkened renewal application is um, is in. And then the other announcement is that there will be we are giving away tickets for the movie for Hero to Go that is airing and screening in Seattle between now and September 27th, 29th. So make sure you go find our Facebook post on that to get your your tickets on it. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration on Desi 12:50 a.m. So our guest today is Todd Schulte from Forward.us. So so honored to have you here. Great to be here in person. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, um, we are in Leavenworth, a beautiful place in Washington State. There is a conference going on here, and Todd Schulte is going to do a keynote speech, a speech yeah. here. So I've managed to say, hey, please come on the show. So before. Before I dive into the very important questions you, I have a little bit about Todd. He is the president of Forward.us and manages the organization's staff and departments, its internal operations, and its political engagements in Washington and throughout the country. Uh, Todd previously served as chief of staff at Priorities USA Action, the super PAC supporting president. Uh, president Obama's re-election. Prior to that, he served as Congressman Scott Murphy's um, chief of Staff and worked at the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. He resides in Washington, D.C. with his beautiful chocolate lab, Pippa, and even more beautiful wife, Lindsay, and beautiful daughter. Sylvia, this is true. Yes, you wonderful. We gave the old bio, I don't know. She's, yeah. she's gorgeous. Well, you know, you were on the show a long time ago. That's true, that's true. And I just used that, but I hadn't updated your beautiful that's daughter's okay. information. So we have a lot of questions to ask you. Um, 
It's been a roller coaster of a nine year, nine months. Uh -huh. Several executive orders later, the state of immigration is in complete chaos. What do you say to that? Well, I think there's probably three kind of general ways to look at what's going on in immigration policy and the three ways where there's a ton of chaos and uncertainty to your point. I think the first point is, um, and we'll come back to this, I'm sure, the question of what's going on with DACA recipients and DACA and DREAMers. Um, I think the second point is for the general undocumented community, and you know, we have 11.3 million undocumented immigrants in this country. Um, what we have seen is both a ramp up in arrests and deportations of people um, who don't have any prior criminal record, serious record at all. Um, what we've also seen is kind of the removal of what you've seen under President Obama and President Bush of an effort um, in a general agreement that we should have some sort of comprehensive immigration reform. People have the ability to go through a process, get right to law and eventually earn citizenship. Um, the third thing that you've seen is what I would kind of categorize broadly as attacks to the legal immigration system. Whether that is attacks through um, what we saw first as the first travel ban, then the second travel ban, and now we have the third travel ban um, with three new countries expanded onto there. Whether that's attacks to things like the International Entrepreneur Rule, which you know your user, uh, sorry, your viewers and listeners uh, know a lot about, and uh, you've been really involved with. Whether it's attacks to our high school immigration in general, it's this idea of really, you know, I think what we unite these three things is a common question. We have for the last couple hundred years in the United States been stronger and better as a country um, by being a nation that welcomes immigrants, that accepts immigrants, albeit very imperfectly. And that's better for everyone here. And I think the question we face, kind of these three buckets of activity is, is that going to continue to be the place? If we don't continue to be a nation of immigrants and made stronger by immigrants um, just by default. And so, you know, these are really trying times. Um, but I am, I am really optimistic, actually about our ability to, uh, having bottomed out a little bit here, start to see real progress. Well, I, that's very optimistic, and I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say more. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration with Todd Schulte, president of Forward.us. Now, you mentioned DACA. Uh, the deadline to refile for renewals is October 5th, and there's likely a recession on its way. Uh, they're definitely going to rescind the program. What are your thoughts on this, and what has Forward.us been doing on this issue? So DACA's gone. I think that's really important to understand. It's done. Um, people have until October 5th to, if, if their DACA will expire between today and March 5th, they have until October 5th for that renewal application, this is just people who have the program now, to be at the government. Like it has to be in, it can't be postmarked, it's gotta be in someone's hands or in a mailbox someplace. That's it, and DACA is gone. Now there's 154,000 people who fall into that window. Um, if anybody here is, is listening um, and is unclear, I would really strongly encourage you to go to www.informedimmigrant.com to learn about a DACA renewal clinic and the options near you. This is really important. You have days, like, like not like many days, you have like 72, 96 hours to kind of make sure you're turning around that, that renewal application. So please go to Informed Immigrant. Can you, you can. Informed Immigrant. So yes. www.informedimmigrant.com. Yes. Okay. I thought you were asking me to spell it. You can go to www.fwd.us to our website to learn more. This is really important. So let's talk about what that means for DACA more generally. So DACA is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. 
This was a program that goes back to 2012 that says if you came to this country at a young age, the average sophomore recipient came here at six, they've been here for 20 years, and you've been here for a certain amount of time, and you fit certain criteria, you have a job, you're in the military, you're in school, um, and you're over the age of 16, you have the ability to basically go to the government, pass a background check, pay $495 plus whatever legal fees you may have, um, advise you all to get good good lawyers if you can afford it, um, and that's it. And you get a two-year work permit that says you can stay here and you're not going to be deported. So that's gone. The president got rid of this on September 5th. So what does that mean? Well, it means we really have, and you're going to hear a lot of chatter, but there are only two options. Either we're going to pass a DREAM Act of some sort. Um, we are really behind the DREAM Act. It's bipartisan. We are really excited about it. I urge everyone, the biggest thing they can do if they're listening today is pick up the phone and call their member of Congress and call their senators and demand a vote on the DREAM Act. So that's option one. There's only one other option, which is come March 5th, every day for two years, a new 1,400 DACA recipients, Monday through Friday, will lose the benefits of the program. They will all be fired. 800,000 people are going to lose their jobs. They work in every major company in America, in every sector, in every state. Those 800,000 people, again, a new 1,400 people a day, will be subject to immediate deportation. Many of them will be deported. Um, and the government has their information. The government took this information, people volunteered this information with a promise that it would never be used against them. And so here's the question, are we as a nation going to pass a DREAM Act? That would add a quarter trillion dollars to our economy, or are we going to start the large-scale deportation of DREAMers? It would, it would not only cost us a half trillion dollars to our economy, but would say to these young people who are American in every sense with their immigration paperwork, we're going to use the information you gave to us to go and find you. And that's a clear contrast and a clear choice and it's been great to see so many people. I mean, we're here in Washington State. Um, you know, folks at Congressman Newhouse, Congressman Reichert, joining Senator Sherry Cantwell, and so many people on both sides of the aisle and say there's a clear path forward. Let's protect these dreamers. Let's pass legislation. So that's what we've been really focused on. That's wonderful. Well, we have hope then. Um, I'm going to move on to a different subject matter. So the entrepreneur rule. Mm -hmm. um, we've all worked so hard over the last no, no seven as hard years. As you on this, yeah. And uh, it's it's heartbreaking to see that the rule was taken away. Explain to the audience uh, what this means. Uh, why was the rule important in the first right. place? So there's lots of broken things with our immigration system. Here's one that is really glaring. Um, if you're a person who the private sector, some investor says, hey, you're smart. You're at an American university, but you're not born in the United States. I'd like to give you money to start a business in the United States. In other words, you're an entrepreneur who can attract capital. We have no visa for you. Uh, we have a family-based immigration system. We have an employment-based immigration system that's really centered around those visas being run through existing employers and owned by those visas. We don't have an entrepreneurial visa. We don't have a startup visa. This has been something that both parties have said for years we needed to fix, but it hasn't gotten fixed. And so starting in 2014, the Obama administration and Republicans as well got together and said, okay, so this isn't going to happen through Congress. Let's pull together universities. Let's pull together venture capitals. Let's pull together entrepreneurs, big companies, small companies, um, you know, from the biopharmaceutical industry to agriculture and say, let's pass a rule that basically says, okay, so if you can attract a certain amount of capital and you can create jobs in the United States, we're going to let you stay for a couple of years. That's it. We're going to see how it works. In other words, it's really good to create jobs in the United States and not someplace else. This is really common sense. So after three years of bipartisan public and private sector negotiations and input and trying to figure this out, 
weeks before, weeks before this was set to begin, the Trump administration said, nope, we're going to put this on hold. We're going to take a look at this, but we are declaring our intent to end this program. And that's absolutely the wrong approach. I mean, again, after three years of the private sector of job creators saying, this will help grow the economy for everyone. This will bring up wages for everyone. They didn't say, let's tweak it like we don't love it. They said, nope, totally done. Um, and so you saw a huge outcry from the business community around the country. Um, thank you, seen, you for leading the letter. Oh, you, you let, uh, what, 800 signatories? You saw that on, on, mm -hmm. on yeah, on, on, the, on the DACA letter. And for the international entrepreneurs, seen, you know, I think we got up to, you know, five, 600 folks mm -hmm. who spoke out and said, that, you know, this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, you've actually seen some people come forward. The National Venture Capital Association has come forward. They're leading a lawsuit against the administration. I think what I would say is this. Um, we are in a global economy, and the next hundred years, success in the United States will largely be, you know, a question of are we going to continue to lead the world in job creation? Are we going to continue to lead the world in having the best workforce? Um, that's what we're here talking today about. Um, kicking out entrepreneurs to compete with them someplace else is absolutely the wrong approach. Um, so we really hope the administration will take, uh, I'd say, a second, but a third look um, at this international entrepreneurial and, and just. It's a common sense approach. Let's let people who have the ability to get private sector capital create jobs in the United States. Do you think there's any way that we can do anything to actually change the administration's mind? Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what on this question, but the president and a lot of people around him come from a private sector background. And I think having those conversations directly with those people who come from the business background is really important. I'm not going to lie and say that... Um, well, let me take a step back. I don't think it's fair to look at the administration as like a unified entity. It's not. I think you've clearly seen, for example, on DACA, the president of the United States has said, we don't want to deport these people. Um, the president has been asked the question seven or eight times, do you want to cut legal immigration? He said, no, 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 was the last answer. I think he said no seven times. But you do see elements of his administration who take a very restrictionist approach where they see fewer immigrants is better, whether undocumented or not. So what I would say is people have those relationships with those people or members of Congress, tell them this is important. I mean, my view is whether you're asking your spouse for something or a member of Congress, tell them what you want, make it a little bit easier for them and tell them why it's important. And then say, I need you to do this. This is important. Those are the three steps. That's I love the way you've put it. You know, if it's your spouse or congressperson, just spell it out. <laughs> yep. And, and say, like, I'm here with you, but this is important. Mm -hmm. Not sometime in the future, today. Mm -hmm. I need a vote. Don't roll this back. We need your help now. So if it, if it does get rescinded, which yep. is likely, yep. what are the options then? So Congress that? can act. This is the most important thing. People can talk about whether it's done through the executive authority or not. And this is true in a lot of immigration principles. Um, Congress can put forward a bill for a startup visa. Quite frankly, that would be better than it happening through executive action because it's permanent, uh, it provides more certainty to people. So we hope that happens. Okay, well, if you just tuned in, this is Tamina Talks Immigration with Todd Schulte, president of Ford.us. Um, you know, travel ban 3.0, here we are again. What are your thoughts on it? You know, I think you, well, we've been through a lot of iterations of this. Um, and each time it seems like they're solving for a political variable or a legal variable, but the underlying core tenets of what this is are there. Um, I think the president ran on kind of three or four broad immigration principles. He said the word Muslim man 22 times during the campaign. Okay. Um, 
he has tweeted out that like he wants us to be stronger, that he doesn't want to be held back by political correctness. Um, we had we had green card holders in the first version of this. I mean, days into the administration, they were held back green card legal permanent residence is what that means. Legal permanent residence. So then it was adjusted away from that. Then it was adjusted to travel ban 2.0. Now the core tenants of travel ban 2.0 are still there in 3.0, but we've added Venezuela and North Korea there, um, but haven't taken anything away. Um, I hope the Supreme Court hears this. Um, a lot of the folks that we organize have been passionate. It's dynamic as Bruce has spoken out on this issue. Um, I hope the Supreme Court takes still takes this up. I know there's a question on that. I think it is very important for our country to do this. I think at a broader level, um, there are a lot of difficult, challenging trade-offs in our immigration policy and system. A religious test for people coming to the United States has to be a bed rock principle and a place where we draw a line and say, absolutely not. So mm. that is something that um, we feel really strongly about. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I mean, the, I, I don't know if you get to hear any of this from your circles, but there are people outside the country who are wondering what's going on here. Yeah. Do you get to hear any of that? I, I hear it from people outside the country, people from inside the country. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is this question. There's, again, a lot of parts of our immigration system. But at some point, these these ideals that we hold up have to mean something. Either we say to someone who who came to this country at the age of two, uh, whose parents overstayed a visa, and they've grown up in this country, we're going to deport you to a country you've never known, or we say, that's not right and we need to change the law. Um, either we say, like, we understand that, like, while, while America may be rich in natural resources and lucky in a lot of ways here, our competitive advantage for hundreds of years has been that the entrepreneurial nature of someone saying, I will leave so much behind to come to build a better self for my, myself and my family, that helps everyone here. Um, when you hear things like the RAISE Act that are an 85 to 90% cut to the family-based immigration system, that eliminates that promise, right? When you hear about religious, a religious test, that eliminates that promise. When we talk about saying like, yes, the law can be complicated and imperfect, but the punishment should be, you will be deported to a country that you have never been to in 30 years since you were a year old. We're either a country that realizes these aren't just ideals, but they are sources of strength or not. And that's, I think, the conversation we're having right now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 2017 has been a very challenging year. And Forward.us has been at the forefront of resistance and fighting. You describe some of the challenges that yeah. you're dealing with. Well, I think we always try to be first and foremost, you know, true to like, I think what we're good at. <laughs> we're a bipartisan advocacy organization. We run ourselves like a campaign. Our job is to say, um, there are people who are energized on this issue uh, on our side, not on our side. How do we take people who aren't energized on this issue and break this down for them and say, here's what's wrong with our immigration system. Here's what it should be. And how do you engage in that process? You know, the most exciting conversations I've had, I had a conversation with a Fortune 500 CEO the other day who's never engaged in the immigration space from the manufacturing sector. Um, it is a you know, 100-year-ish old, like American iconic brand who said... Yeah, like, I mean, DACA's important. We've got a handful of, I mean, they've got over they've got hundred, over hundreds of thousands of employees. DACA's important. We've got, we've got a couple DACA recipients. But this is a question of who we are as a country. Um, this is somebody who's not engaged in this process, 
who we explained, you know, in our, it's our job as an organization to say, here's the, the challenge. Here's how you can fit into that. And here's who you can go and talk to. We believe that member conversations with members of Congress count. We believe that um, meaningful conversations with people who matter to those that their constituents matter. Um, and so it's our job to be organizers. And, and we're thankful to get to work with the faith community and the business community, with the undocumented community, and so many more to bring people together. And that's, I think, you know, we're just one of many, many, many advocacy uh, groups who are out there. Um, that's, I think, at a basic level, what we're here to do, which is just to explain to people, this is important, and, you, and you, we both believe that. Here's how you can get involved. Now, here's how you can get involved. Forward.us has a lot of tools. You've yep. created tools. You've made it very easy for people to engage. Yep. Why don't you describe some of those to the viewers and listeners? So to go back to the, um, the spouse analogy, mm -hmm. um, we believe that if you're asking a member of Congress or something, there's three things that are important. Number one, you need to get them to think it's the right thing to do. Okay, so that's like a policy conversation. What's our, so our job there is, you know, we, we bring people into a meeting and we do, you know, here's the policy so you can have that conversation. Number two, we want those members of Congress to hear from people who matter because that helps them politically, you know, be surrounded by the people who matter to them. We're here in Washington State. So who are we here with today? Well, we're here with the agriculture community, right? Big growers, okay? We're here with the tech community, with the business community, with manufacturers, right? Um, these are people who have relationships with members of Congress and they can go in. Um, and, you know, when a member of Congress comes out and says, I'm in, I'm in for the DREAM Act, being surrounded by those sorts of people, it helps. I mean, that's just politics. So it's right on the policy. You make the politics a little bit easier for people surrounded with the right folks. And then the last thing is this. you got to look somebody in the eye and you got to say, here's what I want from you. And it's important. And here's why. And you got to get them to believe they're going to take a vote on something. you got to get them to believe it's important. And you've got to get them to help right now. Um, there are times when public statements can be helpful here. Um, but our job is, how do we get someone from this is the right thing? I can make it a little bit easier for that person, and it's an important thing. And the tools we build, whether it's setting up meetings, whether it's social media, whether it's call your member of Congress, whether it's building coalitions, are all towards those ends. So just to break that down a little bit more, people can go to the website. Yep and they can actually click on a button which will connect them to their own yeah. representative. They can learn where that member of Congress is. Who, first of all, you know who your member of Congress is. You can learn where they are in legislation and you can be directly connected with them. We think that the, I mean, technology has an incredible role to basically make meaningful conversations with mm -hmm. policymakers much easier. That's fantastic. Well, viewers, if you don't know, the, the website is forward.us, fwd.us, and play around with it. There's a lot of information there at your fingertips that you can take that will allow you to take action. Now, we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, you know, the public, there's an outcry and desire to help, and you've described a lot of the things that people can mm -hmm. do. What are your last words uh, for the listeners and viewers? Jump in right now. I mean... There is this thing in politics where people always want to sell you that um, change is always possible at any moment. That's not true. <laughs> there are windows. There are special windows in time. Um, now is one of those things. Uh, Congress's default position is not to act. And what we've seen here is by eliminating DACA on a Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock on September 5th, Jeff Sessions walked out onto that stage and got rid of DACA. And nine hours later, the President of the United States tweeted out, essentially, I don't want to do this. I want to figure something out here. That happened because 
hundreds of thousands of people who've been working on this issue were joined by tens of millions of people and standing up and saying, this is wrong. Congress needs to act. And the president said that. That is exactly the sort of moment that we have right now. We believe we can get something done at the end of the year. And we believe if we get something done at the end of the year on a dream act, that means that we can have all sorts of other conversations about fixing the other aspects of our broken immigration. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Todd Schulte, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure to actually see you in person, talk about all of these important things. And I could actually speak with you all day, so I hope you'll come back. Uh, listeners and viewers, this is Todd Schulte, president of 4.us. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have questions or comments later on, you can email me, message me through the Facebook page. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll say goodbye for now. Bye.